Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest, and also our first Olympian, is Akeem Haynes. Akeem Haynes is a two-time Olympian, 2016 Olympic bronze medalist, a published author and a motivational speaker, originally from Jamaica, but currently lives in Canada. Akeem, thanks so much for being on our Gifters podcast, where your story is gift to the world. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So you have the distinct honor of being on this podcast as an Olympian. Now, I have spoken and interviewed some of the top minds and athletes in the world. I have interviewed people like the Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, and FBI agents and Oscar and Grammy winners, and including Elon Musk. And so you, as an Olympian, have literally achieved something that most people will never do. So my first question to you is, where did that dream start with or become, just to even imagine or think about you wanting to compete in the Olympics? You know, honestly, man, it wasn't an exact actual thought that I wanted to do. I really never said that I wanted to be an Olympian in all seriousness. Uh, for me, how it kind of happened. And in high school, I was running track, but more or less just playing football. But I wanted to just focus on football. But my high school teacher, uh, Mr. Ken Rose, was just like, look, I think you should focus on track because football doesn't go anywhere, but you have something special here. Because I was running well. I was uh, number four in the world, number one in the world in 60 meters. So I was doing well. So I was getting all these different scholarship offers. Um, and then once I got to uh, junior college, some things had happened as I had to go to junior college. I got there around football time. So I called my coach. I'm like, coach, it's football time. Where's the, where's the football team? And he goes, man, like, we don't have a football team. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He was like, we don't have one. Because I didn't do too much research on the school that I was going to. Mm -hmm. um, so from that point on, I, you know, I had a decision to make. I said, look, you know, I can complain about what's not happening or I can control what I can and use what is happening and try to make the most of it. So all I really wanted to do was get my school paid for um, through track and field and everything else uh, just kind of came with it. My thing is I was already prepared for it. So I got to take advantage of the opportunities. And when the opportunities came, I just literally made the most of it. Wow. So you get to the college level and then you're like crushing and toasting everyone at that level as well. Is that when you started considering Olympics or how did that transition come about? Uh, I wish it was like that. <laughs> um, I, I actually, um, I have all American honors and stuff like that. But um, the first year there was extremely tough. I was battling injuries. Um, the program just didn't feel like it was for me. So I was battling all these different things. And the adjustment from junior college, going to the University of Alabama is a way bigger school on a bigger scale and the classroom of the sizes. So I was actually, uh, my GPA fell from 3.0 to 1.9. So I was very much struggling. Um, I had some deaths, some close deaths, uh, friends and stuff like that. So I was at a low place. So my college experience in the track and field world wasn't the greatest. But on the other hand, you know, I made a commitment. Uh, I made a commitment to myself, to my family, that I was going to finish school and make the most of the track and field situation, no matter what the circumstances are. So I literally just got up every day, reminded myself, look, you know, if you stop now, uh, you're going to quit something else on a bigger scale. And you got to find a way to keep pushing right now. Otherwise, we're not going to make it through. So you're saying that you did it for your family then? Uh, I did a big portion for myself. 
because um, I'm just internally motivated and, and, and just naturally a go-getter to go do it. But on those times when you need that extra push, uh, my family definitely reminded me of that and, and, it, and gave me that extra push to keep pushing. And again, just so how does that happen? You know, like you, you like, is there like a trial period? Like, do you do like, I don't, again, I have no, I'm not an athlete. So <laughs> as you can tell, but, but uh, how, how does that thought and dream come to reality? I'm just curious because I'm sure our listeners want to learn more too. Yeah. So, you know, being a professional athlete um, and going for that dream of being the Olympics, you know, so the first thing for me was you have to know the odds. I think a lot of people don't know the odds of what they're up against before they actually go in and deal with it. And I just think when you know what you're up against, you can make a plan and, and set yourself up to understand how you can define the odds. For me, there was, I'm from Calgary, Alberta, uh, going to school in America in Canada for a division one school is a 2% chance that'll happen. So from where I live, it's a 1.5 percentage. For someone who wants to achieve and become an Olympian, it is a 1.5 chance in 3.5 billion people. To be able to become an Olympian with a medal is a 3% chance that that'll happen. So for me, I knew these odds going in. So when I battled injuries and battled all these setbacks and I wasn't running well, I understood that this was all part of it. So I understood that this was what I had to go through. This was all going to come. So subconsciously, I wasn't defeated like most people were. I knew this coming in. So I just told myself, look, if you want to be at the Olympics, if you want to medal, if you want to do all these things, these are the odds. But odds are meant to define. So how are you going to define it? So um, I just started small. Every single day, I just got up and tried to have more good days than bad days. If I was having three good days of practice out of five, well, I consider that a good week. So I just try to have more good training sessions than bad ones. And when competition came, I just tried to duplicate what I did in practice. That's great. What specifically did you compete in? Uh, the 100 meters in 2016. Um, I ran the open 100 there, and then I also ran the four by one relay. That's awesome. I want to just make sure that our listeners know that the things that you shared, I mean, there's a reason why movies like the Rocky movies, like the stuff of Stallone, where I think he did that like 40 plus years ago. It's like this triumph over the impossible, this underdog and the athletic brand, especially in America and even in Europe and around the world, like in America, it's like they always talk about athletes, right? So I hope all the listeners know that Akeem's example of resilience, of heart, of family, of commitment is really applicable to all of us. So with this podcast, Akeem, I always just stop for certain moments and just point out these things because you know you do this and if someone doesn't recognize those things then you might not even know like well that's a pretty powerful thing to share and so i want our listeners to know yes it's against most odds but all of us have things that are challenging like i am a speaker i get paid a lot of money for speaking around the world yet when i was a kid i got punished for i got ridiculed for being short i had a reading disability so all these things that we have which we all have those are what makes us strong. And, and I, I just really appreciate you just diving deeper and sharing some of these vulnerabilities with our, with our audience, because I think a lot of people might look at your stories like, oh, wow, but he was probably very talented and successful. But no, like you had a lot of hardships and going through school, all these various challenges. So I just appreciate you really just uncovering those layers of, of authenticness. And, you know, we had a little conversation before our interview and 
I noticed that Akeem is from Jamaica and I was saying how I was there last year and Bob Marley and, and, and Akeem said one thing that is, I think it just rings so true where whether you want to reach clients or reach executives or investors, one thing that Akeem said was that Bob Marley was about the people. He stayed close to the people. And I think that thing you shared was so powerful. So just for the audience members, they, they know that you're an athlete. They know you're, you're an Olympian. But what are some things that I think for our audience may not know about Jamaica? Because I want this podcast to be about truth, about inspiration. And what would be one thing that you would want to share with our guests about Jamaica as a country? Well, you know, I always have to big up Jamaica because that's, that's the homeland. That's always a special place in my heart. Um, I think when people think about Jamaica and they think about vacation, that's one of the places that they probably uh, have in their mind. But there's always in every country, there's always a good side and there's the reality of what it is. Um, I think people focus so much on the good side that they don't understand that Jamaica does struggle like any other country and sometimes a little more. Uh, for me, I was born in Savlamar, Jamaica, but I also spent a lot of time in Westmoreland. Uh, last year alone, there was 99 deaths in that area alone, and that was the third highest death rate, which means there was two other places in that country that was worse. Um, mm. So there's always two parts. Um, with Bob Marley, as you said and mentioned that we talked about, you went to his place and you saw, you know, he didn't necessarily live in the greatest area. Yeah. But, at the, but at the same time, why Bob Marley was so revered and so instrumental in Jamaican culture was because he spent a lot of time with the people. There's a lot of people who say that they're about the people and you will never find them in the community. <laughs> Bob, Marley, yeah. Bob Marley is that one person where um, you can always tell when someone is honest and someone's authentic and when someone's not. And I think the reason why he's so revered at such a high level is because they can tell he's authentic. They see him every day. He's there. That's awesome. I mean, my little side story about that is I was there speaking at a conference and the prime minister of Jamaica was speaking there as well. And I don't like buying things at all. I'm a very minimalist <laughs> person, but I bought a Bob Marley uh, sweatshirt, a, sweat, a jacket because I used to be a singer songwriter. And I, I wear that often because it reminds me of him and his spirit, like you said, about the people. But also, it, it reminds me to be more creative. But I want to just, again, thank you again for being on our Gifters podcast, Akeem, where your stories give to the world. And I hope our listeners know that this, all of our podcasts are unique. This is our first Olympian. But it's like what you just said. It's about the people. If you don't serve the people, these people that are your clients, they're actual human beings, a heartbeat that pumps every single day, hundreds of thousands of times. You're not going to be able to be a great business person, even a great person, frankly. So, Akeem, thanks so much for reminding our guests about that. How can our guests stay in touch with you and learn more about your motivational speaking or coaching? Well, thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, what, what you do, you know, I truly appreciate it. I'm sure you hear it enough, but, you know, there's never too many. You can never say too many things too many times. Um, so for me, um, my Instagram, my Twitter, uh, my Instagram is underdog, A-K-H. My Twitter account is underdog, A-K, and my YouTube page is just Akeem Haynes. And my website is um, net. Awesome. Thanks again for being on our podcast. Have a great day, Kim. Thank you so much. You too.